This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Another day, another liberal ethics violation. The latest by David McNaughton, Justin Trudeau's former ambassador to the United States. The federal ethics commissioner has ruled that he broke Canada's conflict of interest law by taking improper advantage of his position to lobby senior liberal staff and cabinet ministers after he left his post as a public servant. Now, he is a longtime liberal operative who was appointed to this plum position in 2016. He's acknowledged that he broke the law by communicating with nine ministers and political staff this spring. That was posted online by Ethics Commissioner and Conflict of Interest Commissioner Mario Dion. Now, McNaughton was named president of a company called Palantir Technologies two weeks after his last day as ambassador. That was in September 2019. And then between March and April, he had meetings with government officials to talk about what he could do during the pandemic. Now, the list. Christian Freeland, Deputy Prime Minister, Innovation Minister, Navdeep Baines, uh, and, uh, it was the chief, the chief of, the chief of the armed forces as well. So, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, he was a public servant. You would think he would be aware of the rules about the time that you have to put in, in between leaving a post like being ambassador and lobbying the government. Uh, but I, Guess not. Let me give you the numbers to call. Let me know what you think about this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's bring in NDP MP and ethics critic Charlie Angus and conservative MP and ethics critic Michael Barrett. Thank you so much and welcome. Thank you, Thanks for having us. For having me. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking that I need to make you guys a regular segment here. This just keeps happening so often. What's your reaction to the latest? Well, um, I called for this investigation because I was interested in Palantir. Uh, for your listeners, if they don't know about Palantir, they should know. This is a really controversial company. Uh, tied to data surveillance in the United States, uh, a very, I think, uber-dark billionaire extremist, Peter Thiel, who runs it. And I was wondering, when is this company going to start trying to peddle their wares in Canada? And lo and behold, they get a top liberal operator, former ambassador, uh, David McNaughton, and right away thought, okay, here we go again. And boy, oh boy, this guy gets steps down. He was appointed ambassador after helping run Justin Trudeau's leadership, uh, election campaign in 2015. He gets a plum patronage post, steps down from that, and goes to work for Palantir. And in no time, he's got backroom access to everybody's office, including the deputy prime minister. This is not how government is supposed to work. Yeah. Uh, Michael Barrett? Well, well uh, Charlie's absolutely right. And um, as a result of of his urging 
uh, to the ethics commissioner, we have this this finding uh, against um, the former ambassador, this hand-picked Trudeau liberal, who demonstrates yet again that these liberals uh, don't think that the rules apply to them. And uh, I, I, I think I read a quote from uh, you yesterday, Charlie, that said, uh, wondering if, if any of the liberals had read the rules. And uh, and and I don't and I and I genuinely don't think they have. We have day after day, uh, week after week, uh, examples of the liberals um, not following the rules and, and further breaking the law. And whether it was uh, whether it was insider access um, with the prime minister's trip to Billionaire Island, whether it was the prime minister putting his friends first at SNC Lavalin and interfering in uh, the criminal prosecution there. Um, or we see now with the Wee scandal, a very well documented Wee scandal, caused the Prime Minister to shut down Parliament to pro to uh, to uh, prorogue uh, not the House, but to prorogue uh, the Ethics Committee and the Finance Committee to shut down these inquiries into corruption in government. And we have a finding last week that the uh, former Finance Minister broke elections laws, and we have. Uh, Two former liberals up on criminal charges, yep. and now this, and now this week, um, here it is: uh, the former ambassador Trudeau's um, uh, an, an insider uh, who, you know, used his used his position to get um, illegal and inappropriate access to the top decision makers in the halls of power. Okay, I, I want to ask now, one of the things I, I read about this is that he was trying to see if there was any pro bono work that he could do. Does does that make any difference, Charlie Angus? Well, Palantir is not the kind of company that uh, goes out to, to, to help the widows and the orphans of the world. This is a company that brags that their technology has been used to kill people. Uh, but I think what they realized was that in the pandemic, they had a real opportunity because they had a, this a top uh, liberal appointee who could call Christopher Freeland. And so what they were saying is, hey, how can we help? Um, they were in the corridors of power saying, we'll do pro bono work for you. Well, this is not a, this is, this is not a charity. This is a massive corporation looking for contracts around the world. And I think, again, it was their attempts to skirt the law. And the idea that um, the liberals don't read the rules, it doesn't work with David McNaughton because he's a former lobbyist, a very, very high-placed lobbyist. So he was a lobbyist who did uh, political work for the party, who then became ambassador, who now went back to acting as uh, a lobbyist for a very, I think, dark and troubling company. They, he knew the rules. And so they were trying to they're, – they're, it's always about these games, about skirting the rules. We saw that with the Kielberger brothers who said, well – they weren't lobbying because they were just volunteers. Well, they were lot what volunteers in a, in a group that they have multiple corporate entities and massive real estate holdings. We need to have uh, the the rule of the law uh, as laid out by the ethics commissioner and I hope the lobbying commissioner that they can't find these little details to try and get around the law. It's going to be about the spirit of the law, and this guy clearly broke that. Well, yeah, and and I have to say, and this is from my own personal experience with with charities, is that sometimes a company will uh, volunteer to do something pro bono, and before you look around, it turns into an expensive contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is pretty standard. Uh, 
So, Michael Barrett, uh, do you have a, is there any mitigation from your point of view because they were talking about pro bono work? No, absolutely not. It's uh, it's ridiculous at this point that after six years with the Liberals in government that they keep trying this aw shucks routine like, oh, you know, we're we're new and we mean really well and uh, our, our motives are, are, are quite good. Um, I think it's I think it's insulting to Canadians when we have the uh, the institutions that Canadians are supposed to be able to uh, know that are absolutely uh, beyond reproach. That the office of the prime minister, you can disagree with the the policies of of whoever has formed government, but you know that uh, the right thing is being done because uh, the the uh, the person that's occupying that office is just just a placeholder for now. But what we've seen with the Liberals is this culture of insider access and and lawlessness. We have the Prime Minister who's been found guilty of breaking ethics laws multiple times and is under investigation again. If the Prime Minister, if Justin Trudeau uh, won't follow the rules and and won't uh, and 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 won't follow the law, uh, it's no wonder that other Liberals. Uh, you know, skirt the rules and look for every opportunity to uh, to cash in on uh, on their friends being in high office. Okay, uh, let me give the numbers out again, and I'm going to take a call uh, in a minute. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And we're talking about the latest liberal ethics violation this time on the part of the former ambassador to the U.S. who became president of a company called Palantir Technologies two weeks after finishing up his post in the United States. And then, lo and behold, he lobbied at least nine cabinet ministers and very, very senior people and their staffs. Hmm. And the ethics commissioner called him out for that. Let's hear from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Uh, I don't think we should really be surprised at any of this just look at what's going on in the U.S. I mean, and the scary part in the U.S. is that Trump removes the people who are there to, you know, be the overseers, to, to watch out for bad things. So we've got that bad influence south of the border. Uh, but it isn't just the liberals. The Ontario conservatives are playing the same games. I'm involved in a, a lawsuit uh, with regard to the environment where they're just overlooking the rules, and somebody upstairs says, oh, approve that one, you know, and, and we've got all these special rules to, you know, to stop this sort of thing, but it doesn't work all the time. I guess the answer is integrity is in very short supply everywhere. Okay, Pat, thank you for that. Um, Michael Barrett, is the problem that they're, aren't enough teeth to the ethics violation law. I mean, I, I believe that the remedy was you can't contact any of these people or none of these people can contact you for a year. And it was interesting that in the responses from those cabinet ministers, including Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland, who styles herself as somebody who is very, very aware of ethics violations and fairness said, uh, this, this is, this is only about David McNaughton. We didn't do anything wrong. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, there absolutely needs to be real consequences and a deterrent for, uh, for this, this law breaking, this, uh, this 
uh, particularly repeat offenders and uh, and fines for violations of the Conflict of Interest Act uh, that would be in the order of you know twenty thousand dollars would certainly uh, you know raise uh, you know raise the the eyebrows of of anyone who was uh, had a fine levied against them. I mean, the exception, of course, being uh, likely the the former finance minister. Uh, because you know he he waved his pen and, and wrote a check for forty thousand uh, dollars minutes before a committee meeting just to avoid uh, hoping to avoid some some tough questions. So I think that with that with that noted exception, that if there was an escalation of fines uh, over twenty thousand dollars for repeated offenses under uh, under the Conflict of Interest Act, I think that people would start taking them a lot more seriously, and we wouldn't get uh, lines from people like the Prime Minister saying that they're going to collaborate with the Ethics Commissioner's office. You don't collaborate when you're under investigation. You cooperate. Uh, and I think that if if that cooperation is just lip service, that um, that, that be used as an aggravating factor when the fines would be levied and, uh, and $20,000 should be the floor and not the ceiling. Uh, Charlie Angus, do you agree? Would 20K do it? Well, I, I think we need sliding scales for wrongdoing. Um, but we, I think what a real understanding with people who break the, the ethics and the lobbying rules in Canada is they don't really have to take the consequences seriously. Let's talk about the SNC-Lavalin case. What was really uh, damaging for SNC-Lavalin was that Canada had a very bad international reputation for corruption and bribery with our corporations and was forced uh, internationally to show that we would take this seriously. So if you were found guilty of international bribery and corruption, there would be a ban on getting federal contracts. And that was the reason they pushed so hard to try and interfere in the uh, in the judicial, uh, the prosecutor's case. And after SNC was found guilty, actually in a number of different cases, they've had over 100 contracts with the federal government since. So the federal government is not even interested in our own laws uh, regarding uh, international bribery and corruption. And I think it sends a message that Canada likes to pretend that we're the Boy Scouts on the face of the planet, but in reality, we are known internationally uh, for failing to deal with issues of money laundering, failing to deal with issues of, uh, I mean, look at how much money is held in offshore banks that we don't go after, and the fact that you can get a top liberal operative for a major company in the United States that is very, very controversial around the world, and he can walk in and set up a meeting with the Deputy Prime Minister or Rick Tice, who's one of Justin Trudeau's key advisors, and nobody in that crew says, wait a minute, David, uh, isn't there a ban for you because of a former of the Conflict of Interest Act? People know what the rules are, but they don't think the rules apply because whether it's SNC executives or whether it's David McNaughton and Palantir, they're friends of the government. And we have rules so that friends just don't get to walk into the prime minister's office or the deputy prime minister's office and set up deals. Uh, before I take a couple of calls, Charlie, let me ask you a reporter's question. How did you find out about this? Um, we had been, I, like I said, I was interested in Palantir, uh, and uh, there was a committee hearing, and Navdeep Baines was asked a question, uh, Minister Baines' of industry, and he mentioned that he had been talking with David McNaughton, and that set off, um, the, the full alarm fire bells and we started to look into it and when he was pressed on it they said oh we're just friends we talk about family well of course they're just friends so we felt there was enough uh, of a problem there 
to be worth looking at. What I want to say, Libby, this report, we've had so many violations and ethics violations, but this report's different because it names names. I mean, it names the Deputy Prime Minister, it names Navdeep Baines, it names uh, Chief of Defense uh, General Vance and says, you cannot deal with this guy. Uh, there has to be a prohibition. So I think this is actually the government getting a sh- the, the ethics commissioner firing a shot across the bow at the key liberal staff, um, deputy ministers, chiefs of staff, uh, ministers at cabinet saying, you've got to, we're going to not start naming you for ignoring the rules. And, and that at least I think is, this, this is a, a watershed report. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, let's take a quick call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. How about you fire them and you take away their pension? This has got to be the most corrupt government I've ever seen. From SNC Lavalin, you've got Rod Silva getting $84 million. You've got Katie Telford, his wife, charging $125,000 to move from Toronto to Ottawa that she had to pay back. You've got the Wii, you've got the Blackface, you've got the Grofix. Like, we got to get rid of these clowns. Okay. We know where you stand, Bill. Thanks for your call. Okay. Um, I am running out of time. Uh, people, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. Uh, before we go, I'd like to get uh, just final thoughts from uh, starting with Michael Barrett. And I guess the question is, you know, everybody from all sides has said they're, they're not looking for an election in a pandemic. But uh, are we close to the tipping point where people say enough's enough? Or is this just, are, are we getting used to this? Well, I, well, I don't I, think so. Start with Michael sorry. and then go to uh, Charlie. Yeah, sorry, sorry to step on your toes, Charlie. Um, That's okay. I, I, I think that people are absolutely getting tired of it, but um, whether that's a justification for an election at this point, I, I think that, frankly, I think that's what Justin Trudeau wants. He prorogued Parliament to shut down the Ethics Committee. He pro- Look, he, he prorogued Charlie Angus and, and Pierre Polyev. That's what, you know, he, he wanted parliamentarians who were asking tough questions to stop asking tough questions. And uh, that's what will happen if we if we have an election uh, and without and, and the opposition parties ran out and said, we're, we're going to vote against the throne speech without having even seen what's in it. Uh, we're doing a disservice to Canadians. But but also, if we if we just accept the premise that uh, that because these, we we think that they've done it again, we think that they've broken the, the law again, that that that's enough. I, I want these committee hearings to continue. I want Canadians to get the truth. I want to hear full testimony and see unredacted documents and provide that information for Canadians. We need people to be able to make an informed decision and to get the full picture of what these Liberals are all about and that, uh, and that if they come out uh, whenever that next election is and, and, and promise sunny ways again, that uh, Canadians know that that's demonstrably not what this government is about. It's, it's about putting their friends first and making Canadians pick up the check. Okay, uh, I'm afraid like we really are over time. I'm sure that we are going to be revisiting this again soon. Thank you so much, the opposition ethics critics, Charlie Angus for the NDP and Michael Barrett for the Conservative Party. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. Thank you. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.